Section 9 of Gorgias by Plato. Translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Johnson. Socrates. Well, if you are willing to proceed, determine this question for me. There is something, I presume, which you would call knowledge. Callicles. There is. Socrates. And were you not saying just now that some courage implied knowledge? Callicles, I was. Socrates, and you were speaking of courage and knowledge as two things different from one another? Callicles, certainly I was. Socrates, and would you say that pleasure and knowledge are the same or not the same? Callicles, not the same, O man of wisdom. Socrates, and would you say that courage differed from pleasure? Callicles, certainly. Socrates, well then, let us remember that Callicles, the Acarnian, says that pleasure and good are the same, but that knowledge and courage are not the same, either with one another or with the good. Callicles, and what does our friend Socrates of Foxton say? Does he assent to this, or not? Socrates, he does not assent, neither will Callicles, when he sees himself truly. You will admit, I suppose, that good and evil fortune are opposed to each other. Callicles, yes. Socrates, and if they are opposed to each other, then, like health and disease, they exclude one another. A man cannot have them both, or be without them both, at the same time. Callicles, what do you mean? Socrates, take the case of any bodily affection. A man may have the complaint in his eyes, which is called ophthalmia. Callicles, to be sure. Socrates, but he surely cannot have the same eyes well and sound at the same time. Callicles, certainly not. Socrates, and when he has got rid of his ophthalmia, has he got rid of the health of his eyes too? Is the final result that he gets rid of them both together? Callicles, certainly not. Socrates, that would surely be marvellous and absurd. Callicles, very. Socrates, I suppose that he is affected by them, and gets rid of them in turns. Callicles, yes. Socrates, and he may have strength and weakness in the same way, by fits. Callicles, yes. Socrates, or swiftness and slowness. Callicles, certainly. Socrates, and does he have and not have good and happiness and their opposites, evil and misery, in a similar alternation? Parentheses, compare Republic. End of parentheses. Callicles, certainly he has. Socrates, if then there be anything which a man has and has not at the same time, clearly that cannot be good and evil. Do we agree? Please not to answer without consideration. Callicles, I entirely agree. Socrates, go back now to our former admissions. Did you say that to hunger, I mean the mere state of hunger, was pleasant or painful? Callicles, I said painful but that to eat when you are hungry is pleasant. Socrates, 
I know, but still the actual hunger is painful. Am I not right? Callicles, yes. Socrates, and thirst, too, is painful. Callicles, yes, very. Socrates, need I adduce any more instances, or would you agree that all wants or desires are painful? Callicles, I agree, and therefore you need not adduce any more instances. Socrates, very good. And you would admit that to drink, when you are thirsty, is pleasant. Callicles, yes. Socrates, and in the sentence which you have just uttered, the word thirsty implies pain. Callicles, yes. Socrates, and the word drinking is expressive of pleasure and of the satisfaction of the want. Callicles, yes. Socrates, there is pleasure in drinking. Callicles, certainly. Socrates, when you are thirsty and in pain. Callicles, yes. Socrates, do you see the inference that pleasure and pain are simultaneous when you say that being thirsty you drink? For are they not simultaneous, and do they not affect at the same time the same part, whether of the soul or the body? Which of them is affected cannot be supposed to be of any consequence. Is not this true? Callicles, it is. Socrates, you said also that no man could have good and evil fortune at the same time. Callicles, yes I did. Socrates, but you admitted that when in pain a man might also have pleasure. Callicles, clearly. Socrates, then pleasure is not the same as good fortune, or pain the same as evil fortune, and therefore the good is not the same as the pleasant. Callicles, I wish I knew, Socrates, what your quibbling means. Socrates, you know, Callicles, but you affect not to know. Callicles, well, get on, and don't keep fooling. Then you will know what a wiseacre you are in your admonition of me. Socrates, does not a man cease from his thirst and from his pleasure in drinking at the same time? Callicles, I do not understand what you are saying. Gorgias, nay, Callicles, answer, if only for our sakes. We should like to hear the argument out. Callicles, yes, Gorgias, but I must complain of the habitual trifling of Socrates. He is always arguing about little and unworthy questions. Gorgias, what matter? Your reputation, Callicles, is not at stake. Let Socrates argue in his own fashion. Callicles, well then, Socrates, you shall ask these little peddling questions, since Gorgias wishes to have them. Socrates, I envy you, Callicles, for having been initiated into the great mysteries before you were initiated into the lesser. I thought that this was not allowable. But, to return to our argument, does not a man cease from thirsting and from the pleasure of drinking at the same moment? Callicles, true. Socrates, and if he is hungry or has any other desire, does he not cease from the desire and the pleasure at the same moment? Callicles, very true. Socrates, then he ceases from pain and pleasure at the same moment. Callicles, yes. Socrates, but he does not cease from good and evil at the same moment, as you have admitted. 
Do you still adhere to what you said? Callicles, yes, I do. But what is the inference? Socrates, why, my friend? The inference is that the good is not the same as the pleasant, or the evil the same as the painful. There is a cessation of pleasure and pain at the same moment, but not of good and evil, for they are different. How then can pleasure be the same as good, or pain as evil? And I would have you look at the matter in another light, which could hardly, I think, have been considered by you when you identify them. Are not the good good, because they have good present with them, as the beautiful are those who have beauty present with them? Callicles, yes. Socrates, and do you call the fools and cowards good men? For you were saying just now that the courageous and the wise are the good. Would you not say so? Callicles, certainly. Socrates, and did you never see a foolish child rejoicing? Callicles, yes, I have. Socrates, and a foolish man too? Callicles, yes, certainly. But what is your drift? Socrates, nothing particular, if you will only answer. Callicles, yes, I have. Socrates, and did you ever see a sensible man rejoicing or sorrowing? Callicles, yes. Socrates, which rejoice and sorrow most, the wise or the foolish? Callicles, they are much upon a par, I think, in that respect. Socrates, enough. And did you ever see a coward in battle? Callicles, to be sure. Socrates, and which rejoiced most at the departure of the enemy, the coward or the brave? Callicles, I should say most of both, or at any rate they rejoiced about equally. Socrates, no matter, then the cowards, and not only the brave, rejoice. Callicles, greatly. Socrates, and the foolish, so it would seem? Callicles, yes. Socrates, and are only the cowards pained at the approach of their enemies, or are the brave also pained? Callicles, both are pained. Socrates, and are they equally pained? Callicles, I should imagine that the cowards are more pained. Socrates, and are they not better pleased at the enemy's departure? Callicles, I dare say. Socrates, then are the foolish and the wise and the cowards and the brave all pleased and pained, as you were saying, in nearly equal degree, but are the cowards more pleased and pained than the brave? Callicles, yes. Socrates, but surely the wise and brave are the good, and the foolish and the cowardly are the bad. Callicles, yes. Socrates, then the good and the bad are pleased and pained in a nearly equal degree. Callicles, yes. Socrates, then are the good and bad good and bad in a nearly equal degree, or have the bad the advantage both in good and evil? Parentheses, i.e., in having more pleasure and more pain. End of parentheses. Callicles, I really do not know what you mean. Socrates, why? Do you not remember saying that the good were good because good was present with them, and the evil because evil, and that pleasures were goods and pains evils? Callicles, yes, I remember. Socrates, 
and are not these pleasures or goods present to those who rejoice if they do rejoice callicles certainly socrates then those who rejoice are good when goods are present with them callicles yes socrates and those who are in pain have evil or sorrow present with them callicles yes socrates and would you still say that the evil are evil by reason of the presence of evil callicles i should socrates then those who rejoice are good and those who are in pain evil callicles yes socrates the degrees of good and evil vary with the degrees of pleasure and of pain callicles yes socrates have the wise man and the fool the brave and the coward joy and pain in nearly equal degrees or would you say that the coward has more callicles i should say that he has socrates help me then to draw out the conclusion which follows from our admissions for it is good to repeat and review what is good twice and thrice over as they say both the wise man and the brave man may we allow to be good callicles yes socrates and the foolish man and the coward to be evil callicles certainly socrates and he who has joy is good callicles yes socrates and he who is in pain is evil callicles certainly socrates the good and evil both have joy and pain but perhaps the evil has more of them callicles yes socrates then must we not infer that the bad man is as good and bad as the good or perhaps even better is not this a further inference which follows equally with the preceding from the assertion that the good and the pleasant are the same can this be denied callicles callicles i have been listening and making admissions to you socrates and i remark that if a person grants you anything in play you like a child want to keep hold and will not give it back but do you really suppose that i or any other human being denies that some pleasures are good and others bad socrates alas callicles how unfair you are you certainly treat me as if i were a child sometimes saying one thing and then another as if you were meaning to deceive me and yet i thought at first that you were my friend and would not have deceived me if you could have helped but i see that i was mistaken and now i suppose that i must make the best of a bad business as they said of old and take what i can get out of you well then as i understand you to say i may assume that some pleasures are good and others evil callicles yes socrates the beneficial are good and the hurtful are evil callicles to be sure socrates and the beneficial are those which do some good and the hurtful are those which do some evil callicles yes socrates take for example the bodily pleasures of eating and drinking which we were just now mentioning you mean to say that those which promote health or any other bodily excellence are good and their opposites evil callicles certainly socrates and in the same way there are good pains and there are evil pains callicles to be sure socrates and ought we not to choose and use the good pleasures and pains callicles certainly socrates but not the evil 
Callicles, clearly. Socrates, because, if you remember, Paulus and I have agreed that all our actions are to be done for the sake of the good. And will you agree with us in saying that the good is the end of all our actions, and that all our actions are to be done for the sake of the good, and not the good for the sake of them? Will you add a third vote to our two? Callicles, I will. Socrates, then pleasure, like everything else, is to be sought for the sake of that which is good, and not that which is good for the sake of pleasure. Callicles, to be sure. Socrates, but can every man choose what pleasures are good and what are evil, or must he have art or knowledge of them in detail? Callicles, he must have art. Socrates, let me now remind you of what I was saying to Gorgias and Paulus. I was saying, as you will not have forgotten, that there were some processes which aim only at pleasure, and know nothing of a better and worse, and there are other processes which know good and evil. And I considered that cookery, which I do not call an art, but only an experience, was of the former class, which is concerned with pleasure, and that the art of medicine was of the class which is concerned with the good. And now, by the god of friendship, I must beg you, Callicles, not to jest, or to imagine that I am jesting with you. Do not answer at random and contrary to your real opinion, for you will observe that we are arguing about the way of human life. And to a man who has any sense at all, what question can be more serious than this? Whether he should follow after that way of life to which you exhort me, and act what you call the manly part of speaking in the assembly, and cultivating rhetoric, and engaging in public affairs, according to the principles now in vogue, or whether he should pursue the life of philosophy, and in what the latter way differs from the former. But perhaps we had better first try to distinguish them, as I did before, and when we have come to an agreement that they are distinct, we may proceed to consider in what they differ from one another, and which of them we should choose. Perhaps, however, you do not even now understand what I mean. Callicles, no, I do not. Socrates, then I will explain myself more clearly, seeing that you and I have agreed that there is such a thing as good, and that there is such a thing as pleasure, and that pleasure is not the same as good, and that the pursuit and process of acquisition of the one, that is pleasure, is different from the pursuit and process of acquisition of the other, which is good. I wish that you would tell me whether you agree with me thus far or not. Do you agree? Callicles, I do. Socrates, then I will proceed, and ask whether you also agree with me, and whether you think that I spoke the truth when I further said to Gorgias and Paulus, that cookery, in my opinion, is only an experience, and not an art at all, and that whereas medicine is an art, and attends to the nature and constitution of the patient, and has principles of action and reason in each case, Cookery, in attending upon pleasure, never regards either the nature or reason of that pleasure to which she devotes herself, but goes straight to her end, nor ever considers or calculates anything, but works by experience and routine, and just preserves the recollection of what she has usually done when producing pleasure, 
and first i would have you consider whether i have proved what i was saying and then whether there are not other similar processes which have to do with the soul some of them processes of art making a provision for the soul's highest interest others despising the interest and as in the previous case considering only the pleasure of the soul and how this may be acquired but not considering what pleasures are good or bad and having no other aim but to afford gratification whether good or bad in my opinion callicles there are such processes and this is the sort of thing which i term flattery whether concerned with the body or the soul or whenever employed with a view to pleasure and without any consideration of good and evil and now i wish that you would tell me whether you agree with us in this notion or whether you differ callicles i do not differ on the contrary i agree for in that way i shall soonest bring the argument to an end and shall oblige my friend gorgias socrates and is this notion true of one soul or of two or more callicles equally true of two or more socrates then a man may delight a whole assembly and yet have no regard for their true interests callicles yes socrates can you tell me the pursuits which delight mankind or rather if you would prefer let me ask and do you answer which of them belong to the pleasurable class and which of them not in the first place what say you of flute playing does not that appear to be an art which seeks only pleasure callicles and thinks of nothing else callicles i assent socrates and is not the same true of all similar arts as for example the art of playing the lyre at festivals callicles yes socrates and what do you say of the choral art and of dithyrambic poetry are not they of the same nature do you imagine that canasius the son of Males, cares about what will tend to the moral improvement of his hearers or about what will give pleasure to the multitude callicles there can be no mistake about canasius socrates socrates and what do you say of his father Males, the harp player did he perform with any view to the good of his hearers could he be said to regard even their pleasure for his singing was an infliction to his audience and apart playing and dithyrambic poetry in general what would you say have they not been invented wholly for the sake of pleasure callicles that is my notion of them socrates and as for the muse of tragedy that solemn and august personage what are her aspirations is all her aim and desire only to give pleasure to the spectators or does she fight against them and refuse to speak of their pleasant vices and willingly proclaim in word and song truths welcome and unwelcome which in your judgment is her character callicles there can be no doubt socrates that tragedy has her face turned towards pleasure and the gratification of the audience socrates and is not that the sort of thing callicles which we were just now describing as flattery callicles quite true socrates well now suppose that we strip all poetry of song and rhythm and metre there will remain speech parentheses compare republic end of parentheses callicles to be sure socrates 
and this speech is addressed to a crowd of people callicles yes socrates then poetry is a sort of rhetoric callicles true socrates and do not the poets in the theatres seem to you to be rhetoricians callicles yes socrates then now we have discovered a sort of rhetoric which is addressed to a crowd of men women and children freemen and slaves and this is not much to our taste for we have described it as having the nature of flattery callicles quite true socrates very good and what do you say of that other rhetoric which addresses the athenian assembly and the assemblies of freemen in other states do the rhetoricians appear to you always to aim at what is best and do they seek to improve the citizens by their speeches or are they too like the rest of mankind bent upon giving them pleasure forgetting the public good in the thought of their own interest playing with the people as with children and trying to amuse them but never considering whether they are better or worse for this callicles i must distinguish there are some who have a real care of the public in what they say while others are such as you describe socrates i am contented with the admission that rhetoric is of two sorts one which is mere flattery and disgraceful declamation the other which is noble and aims at the training and improvement of the souls of the citizens and strives to say what is best whether welcome or unwelcome to the audience but have you ever known such a rhetoric or if you have and can point out any rhetorician who is of this stamp who is he Callicles. but indeed i am afraid that i cannot tell you of any such among the orators who are at present living socrates well then can you mention any one of a former generation who may be said to have improved the athenians who found them worse and made them better from the day that he began to make speeches for indeed i do not know of such a man callicles what did you never hear that themistocles was a good man and cimon and miltiades and pericles who is just lately dead and whom you heard yourself socrates yes callicles they were good men if as you said at first true virtue consists only in the satisfaction of our own desires and those of others but if not and if as we were afterwards compelled to acknowledge the satisfaction of some desires makes us better and of others worse and we ought to gratify the one and not the other and there is an art in distinguishing them can you tell me of any of these statesmen who did distinguish them callicles no indeed i cannot socrates yet surely callicles if you look you will find such a one suppose that we just calmly consider whether any of these was such as i have described will not the good man who says whatever he says with a view to the best speak with a reference to some standard and not at random just as all other artists whether the painter the builder the shipwright or any other look all of them to their own work and do not select and apply at random what they apply but strive to give a definite form to it the artist disposes all things in order and compels the one part to harmonize and accord with the other part until he has constructed a regular and systematic whole and this is true of all artists 
and in the same way the trainers and physicians of whom we spoke before give order and regularity to the body do you deny this callicles no i am ready to admit it socrates then the house in which order and regularity prevail is good that in which there is disorder evil callicles yes socrates and the same is true of a ship callicles yes socrates and the same may be said of the human body callicles yes socrates and what would you say of the soul will the good soul be that in which disorder is prevalent or that in which there is harmony and order callicles the latter follows from our previous admissions socrates what is the name which is given to the effect of harmony and order in the body callicles i suppose that you mean health and strength socrates yes i do and what is the name which you would give to the effect of harmony and order in the soul try and discover a name for this as well as for the other callicles why not give the name yourself socrates socrates well if you had rather that i should i will and you shall say whether you agree with me and if not you shall refute and answer me healthy as i conceive is a name which is given to the regular order of the body whence comes health and every other bodily excellence is that true or not callicles true socrates and lawful and law are the names which are given to the regular order and action of the soul and these make men lawful and orderly and so we have temperance and justice have we not callicles granted socrates and will not the true rhetorician who is honest and understands his art have his eye fixed upon these in all the words which he addresses to the souls of men and in all his actions both in what he gives and in what he takes away will not his aim be to implant justice in the souls of his citizens and take away injustice to implant temperance and take away intemperance to implant every virtue and take away every vice do you not agree callicles i agree socrates for what use is there callicles in giving to the body of a sick man who is in a bad state of health a quantity of the most delightful food or drink or any other pleasant thing which may be really as bad for him as if you give him nothing or even worse if rightly estimated is not that true callicles i will not say no to it socrates for in my opinion there is no profit in a man's life if his body is in an evil plight in that case his life also is evil am i not right callicles yes socrates when a man is in health the physician will generally allow him to eat when he is hungry and drink when he is thirsty and to satisfy his desires as he likes but when he is sick they hardly suffer him to satisfy his desires at all even you will admit that callicles yes socrates and does not the same argument hold of the soul my good sir while she is in a bad state and is senseless and intemperate and unjust and unholy her desires ought to be controlled and she ought to be prevented from doing anything which does not tend to her own improvement callicles yes socrates 
such treatment will be better for the soul herself callicles to be sure socrates and to restrain her from her appetites is to chastise her callicles yes socrates then restraint or chastisement is better for the soul than intemperance or the absence of control which you were just now preferring callicles i do not understand you socrates and i wish that you would ask someone who does socrates here is a gentleman who cannot endure to be improved or to subject himself to that very chastisement of which the argument speaks callicles I do not heed a word of what you are saying, and have only answered hitherto out of civility to Gorgias. Socrates, what are we to do then? Shall we break off in the middle? Callicles, you shall judge for yourself. Socrates, well, but people say that a tail should have a head and not break off in the middle, and I should not like to have the argument going about without a head. Parentheses, compare laws. End of parentheses please then to go on a little longer and put the head on callicles how tyrannical you are socrates i wish that you and your argument would rest or that you would get someone else to argue with you socrates but who else is willing i want to finish the argument callicles cannot you finish without my help either talking straight on or questioning and answering yourself socrates must i then say with epicharmus two men spoke before but now one shall be enough i suppose that there is absolutely no help and if i am to carry on the enquiry by myself i will first of all remark that not only i but all of us should have an ambition to know what is true and what is false in this matter for the discovery of the truth is a common good and now i will proceed to argue according to my own notion but if any of you think that i arrive at conclusions which are untrue you must interpose and refute me for i do not speak from any knowledge of what i am saying i am an inquirer like yourselves and therefore if my opponent says anything which is of force i shall be the first to agree with him i am speaking on the supposition that the argument ought to be completed but if you think otherwise, let us leave off and go our ways. End of part nine. Recording by Kevin Johnson.